Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Hannah. Hi everyone, my name is Hannah and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. I'm sure the speaker getter told me that this was a 40 minute share and I'm quite certain that I blocked that out. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've done 15 minute shares where I was sure I couldn't stop rambling and now now 40 minutes. Woo! All right. Um, What it was like, what happened and what it's like now. Who wants to hear 12 minutes about what it was like? (laughs) I can just pull a newcomer up here. Let's see. Well, I will say that I do believe I grew up in a family of compulsive overeaters, and I I learned from pros. You know, it was just what was. I mean, there's no, no one identifies as such. It's just, it's normal, like you're done eating when you got to pull your zipper down, you know, and pull your shirt out, you know. And so that was just normal. I would sit in church on Sundays and think about biscuits and gravy and the huge spread that would be at Grandma's afterwards. And then, you know, when we'd go and we'd eat and we'd all pass out, and I thought that everybody did that. And then the difference for me is though my family struggles with weight and, and certainly there's um, a lot of people on a diet or just, or you know, not happy with their weight for sure, I had a, a, a level of um, obsession that, was, that I don't think anyone in my family really identifies with or, or necessarily has. And um, I, it's relevant to my story, and since I have a whopping 12 minutes to share it um, in this part, you know, my mother left when I was four, and that is, you know, that's significant, and I, I personally, you know, and I'll just touch on it, I personally have had to have outside help. This program introduced me to the 12 steps, introduced me to the awareness that without a power greater than myself, I was pretty much screwed in terms of my uh compulsive eating, but even, you know, the big book says, you know, if you need outside outside help, we encourage you to get it, Um, and it also says this book is but a suggestion. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us, and God does, and sometimes God does it outside the room, so that's enough said on that for the month, (laughs) but what I want to say is I actually remember my first binge, and it was in a, a real... I don't actually remember what happened, but I remember feeling incredibly unsafe uh, in an environment with my mother, who was an active addict at the time, uh, before she left. And I, I just remember real crisis and drama and a feeling of unsafety and a feeling of wanting to withdraw and somehow be protected and sort of be lifted out of my body and the experience. And I distinctly remember, you know, pulling down a large jar, like those, like, big, <laughs> at the time, I was, you know, less than four, so it was very large to me, of um, peanut butter, big spoon, cartoons. And I, and I was relieved. And I was relieved in that moment. You know, and, and, and I've, um, let's see, I've been in program, been in the rooms, showing as much willingness as possible for 20 years. And um, I don't, I don't have, I, you know, one day at a time, 
it's not that I never eat it, but I, I don't have nuts and nut butters in my house. <laughs> um, that's part of my, you know, that's part of my program, but it's specific to me. Um, and I, I'll talk more about the my own food evolution and weight, body, all that stuff. I felt like an outcast from for a long, long time, but I think that was in large part due to, I mean, my father did remarry, but I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I was, you know, I definitely got, it was in me very quickly. I, like, my mother doesn't want me. I am a rejected child. There is something wrong with me. And, um, and I think, you know, I was, I was in large part eating over that. And, um, but it didn't really kick in that I wanted to be in a, you know, and I was a, I was a chubby kid. And then I, and then I wasn't, you know, I see pictures where I really wasn't, you know, but I felt that I was this monstrosity. And, uh, and even in moments, I remember like in sixth grade, I mean, this is horrific. They can't possibly do this today. There's no way. But I remember they weighed us all, and, and then everybody got to know everybody's weight. And um, I won. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, than everybody. And it was weird because I was um, part of my dis-ease is, you know, um, and it was, and it really fueled me. Uh, really, one of my character defects was I had to be the best one. I had to make straight eight. I had to win the award. I had to be an, on honor roll. I had to be teacher's pet. It was, I mean, it drove me like nothing else. Not, um, not because it gave me any relief whatsoever, um, <laughs> but because I, without it, I was sure, like, really, really something was wrong with me. That, I mean, the idea was that if I could get enough of that stuff, that maybe that feeling of there's something horribly wrong with me, I'm horribly deficient, I deserve just death and destruction um, would abate, which it did not. It just, but it, and yet I was still fueled by by that. And um, so it was like, at that time, sort of a minor victory to be, I don't know, 91 pounds, you know, sixth grade or whatever. Um, uh, and then um, it's somewhere around my sort of preteen, teen-ish years, I, you know, I kind of got more and more interested in boys, and I, I, you know, I, I got it sort of that, or it, it appeared to me that the thinner girls, the thinner uh, girls were, um, seemed to get more attention, and I would like some of that. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I went on my first diet, and um, it worked. You know, my first diet worked. I, I, I stopped eating. I ate less. I don't think I exercised, but, you know, I lost weight. I remember going, I think it was from, from like a size 12, 14, you know, in just a couple of few weeks, um, into a size 10. And I think just about that time, my mother also discovered outlet stores, which meant I could have a, my first pair of designer jeans, which was very exciting for me. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I don't know why, but I distinctly remember, like, being in our little kitchen, you know, modeling my size 10 Gloria Vanderbilt, you know, with a slight imperfection at the, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, there were only, like, 17 and uh, and uh, you know and again that feeling of just wanting to be 
a part of wanting to be, and the truth is, it's so funny, I say wanting to be a part of, and I hear people in the room say, I just want it to be normal. The truth is, I wanted to be queen. I did not want to be normal. <laughs> I wanted to be, you know, insert name of most popular girl here. And um, I, you know, and, and in the, I remember that moment thinking that I would be magically transported to the place of popular fairies where they wore Gloria Vanderbilt jeans and uh, and when that didn't happen and when someone you know you know of a certain mindset a, a boy said well look at that Hannah finally got a pair of name brand jeans <laughs> not what I wanted <laughs> to be you know and um but at the same time that was like that first sense of a flood, kind of a flood of, of power, losing that that weight. However much it was, I mean, not much, you know. I mean, it was. Um, but I, but I got that. And for for any for any of you who might ever have been on a diet, um, you know, there's that first flush of power, that sense of power, like, oh heck yeah, Monday's the day, you know, and. Um, and this time, and, um, you know, whatever sort of rah-rah, you know, whether it's that um, 9,000th magazine with a solution at the checkout stand or, you know, an official, quote, lose weight program, um, which, by the way, some of those work. Some of them are quite sane, actually. And some I know some people in program use them as food plans, and so I, I don't um, in any way discredit them. Um but my experience was uh anyway my my experience was without a spiritual solution i couldn't i couldn't do that you know oh really this is a free food oh only three cups okie doke you know i couldn't do it <laughs> without um without a spiritual solution that was the problem and um so actually my first uh my first oa meeting I was, I think I was in 11th grade, and I was binging very badly. And I, I would go in cycles. Like the summer, you know, I would live on, like, whatever, watermelon and air and Diet Coke. And, um, and then, you know, I would, I would, you know, the first three weeks of school, I'd be able to hang, hold it together and, and endure the stress. And then I would just start eating again. And, it, you know, and I would, um, you know, binge a lot after school, you know, Massive amounts of cereal with sweet and low, <laughs> and not that milk, um, and Oprah, and um, <laughs> and um, so I remember going to my first OA meeting when I was in 11th grade uh, with my with uh, my friend Wendy, and she she was absent. She got it. She she had gone into a treatment center, and she she got it. You know, she was in recovery and absent. And I remember going to that meeting and getting a newcomer chip and um, thinking, well, now I'm all set <laughs> because now I don't know what I think. Now, now that I have this chip, it's all, it was like I treated it like a new diet. It was like the officiation of, you know, of people who want to lose weight and now I've a chip that officially declares me and and I never went to another meeting, <laughs> you know. And I just kept doing I just kept doing my best version, you know, my best version uh, of the disease for a few more years. And what happened? Well, um, I see my I guess after my sophomore in college. I mean, my my parents 
you know, they, you know, God bless them. I think, you know, after my sophomore year in college and my 9,000th call home that I couldn't put, I couldn't stop eating and I was suicidal and, you know, uh, all by the way, all the way, Dean's list, you know, it's like I could, you know, binging with one hand, you know, raking in the awards with the other, keeping hoping that was going to make it all better, and it never, ever, ever, ever did. And, um, you know, and I could also say a lot, too, about, for me, um, that there was such a deep, deep level, it still breaks my heart, um, of self-loathing and um, just extreme self-loathing. I, I really want to speak to that actually for a moment because um, because before I got um, recovery, you know, besides just hating my body, hating to look at myself, I mean, I used to, I used to bang my head against the wall. I used to scratch and punch my legs. Um, I used to really abuse myself because I, I really thought that that I could fix it, and that I, and then, so I should punish the thing that wasn't fixing it, you know, and, um, and, you know, and I got a certain layer of recovery around that from the steps and from incredibly, incredibly loving sponsor, who's my very best friend in the world today, um, who I got abstinent with, and, um, and outside help you know, to address issues that I, that, that were not deeply addressed by the 12 steps. Um, but I highly recommend doing the steps because I, I would not have found those layers that needed to be addressed were it not for doing the 12 steps. Um, so anyway, my, after my sophomore year in college, um, my, my family, you know, grew weary, I think, of my phone calls home and were afraid for me. And they sent me into a treatment center, and uh, and it was 12 steps, thank God. And um, it was also a very, very strict food plan, which worked really well with my type A, must-be-perfect personality. And, um, and I did it perfectly. And in, you know, 90 days, I was one of the, you know, I was their superstar, and I was shopping like a mad woman, and, um, you know, and I really did. I thought, I thought I had it all together. I was thinner than I'd ever been, and, and, um, you know, I mean, I was, I, I you know, I, there was God talk, and I, and I, I did a four-step. I mean, the, the process of that time was to get you through the four-step, and then, you know, you, the, the out, patient plan was you get a, you know, you keep on with your sponsor and you keep doing the steps. Well, I was skinny, so I didn't need to do that. And, um, <laughs> and so I went on, um, ha- I mean, the, the blessing is that, you know, I was, it was the steps, you know, the bathroom was vacant and, um, and I had a habit of going to meetings. So, when I went back to school in my perfect body with my perfect wardrobe, uh, ready to take on the world, um, and then I had, I mean, just severe, the worst binging ever, um, a huge relapse. And uh, what I, I want to say here, too, because um, because if I can save anybody, I, I lost years because of this, if I can save anybody time, um, I had an untreated mental illness, too. And um, I am also, I also suffer from... Um, I don't want to say suffer. I'm recovering <laughs> from uh, bipolar disorder. And um, it does nothing good 
for eating disorder. <laughs> it does nothing good. It does not help. And um, it's untreated. And um, and so so in line with the the active eating disorder, I had a severe chemical imbalance that was you know up and down with that. Um, so obviously that that makes things even harder. Um, so um, so I had a severe relapse and I was desperate and I was trying to be perfect and to keep on that you know perfect food plan um, that was giving me my perfect body and finally um, and I was failing you know I was failing <laughs> and uh, finally a, a woman in program who. Um, who I loathed um, <laughs> because she would come in all sparkly and shiny with her shiny recovery and her abstinence and um, hair flipping and um, I totally wanted to be her and um, I, as a result I hated her and um, but I was so desperate and tr- and when I got honest with myself I wanted what she had you know and um, so I went up to her <laughs> so funny because she is my best friend today I'm you know was in her wedding you know her uh, children are my godchildren just amazing and um, you know I went up to her and I just you know threw my desperate crying you know post binging self onto her and uh, <laughs> two things she said uh, she said I don't care what you eat you got to work the steps and uh, and you need a job because I have a, I have an opening, <laughs> and so uh, that doesn't always happen with sponsors, by the way. But actually, it's fairly uh, common in the AA rooms that sort of service, doing that sort of service. I'm, uh, I'm not necessarily um, promoting it. I'm just saying that's what happened to me, and. Um, and I worked the steps with her, and you know, and I wanted to tell her, you know, all the food logs and. Um, you know, and her her abstinence was three meals a day, uh, guilt-free eating, you know, which was just worlds away from what I'd been doing. And, um, I, you know, through process and, you know, and I had to tolerate being in a, in a body that was, you know, larger than the, quote, perfect body that I had been in as a result of being on the, quote, perfect food plan. Um, but as a result, she had no tolerance whatsoever for... Um, self-hatred that that was just not I mean basically what I learned from her and continue to learn and know and know um, is that you cannot recover and hate yourself at the same time you can you can uh, you can ask to have the self-hatred removed you can act as if um, you can take action around those feelings and get help with those feelings. But if you think that, (laughs) if you think that hating yourself or self-loathing or punishing your body or any of that um, can exist simultaneously or, as I used to think, be a tool uh, in the program, you are are horribly mistaken. (laughs) Um, That I do, you know, I... You know, I don't get, I don't, they're just not synonymous. They're not, they're not compatible. And um, so, so much of what I learned from her, besides working the steps and learning to be rigorously honest, um, and, and to be rigorously honest and not judge, because when I was doing that AKA, uh, you know, perfect food plan, you know, I would have, 
you know, <laughs> I would pick the most unloving sponsor. <laughs> like, call me Pat. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. We'll go down there. I'll call your boss, you know. And I call it five minutes. I say, oh, well, I kind of didn't level off my cup of yogurt. Are you serious about this program? And I'm like, oh, my Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, and it's like as if, as if the disease was not already traumatizing me, you know. I would encourage you that if you feel worse, after you get off the phone with your sponsor than you did when you got on, um, I would encourage you to rethink that relationship. That's just my two cents, my experience, strength, and hope on that. Um, that I felt incredibly loved by the sponsor. We went through the steps, and I, um, you know, I learned to be abstinent in a different way. Um, and, and my food, and what I want to say is... Um, in which I can't believe I didn't, haven't gotten to earlier, but it's so much time, uh, is um, this is a spiritual program. And the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous um, is a guide to help you have a spiritual experience so that you will not want to destroy yourself with food. So that you will have the experience of being relieved of the compulsion and the obsession and the self-loathing and the litany of character flaws that we have and experience. And as a result of that, you know, the weight takes care of itself. That's my experience. Um, you know, my my sponsor at that time my, and now best friend um, said the surest way in the world, and it is my experience, the surest way in the world for me to gain weight is to fight I'm going to lose weight. You know, it's just like, you know, and she used to say, baby, the only way you're going to lose weight is behind your own back. You know, that you have to focus on the steps, the spiritual solution, your your spiritual evolution. And I cannot, you know, although it's a little, I guess, ahead of the game, but I cannot stress enough, you know, sometimes people read the 11th step. We talk through prayer and meditation. To improve our conscious contact with God, I cannot express... My sponsor today, uh, you know, was on me to meditate for years, and I just thought, meditation is for people who are just not as active as I am. And um, <laughs> turns out people like me are the ones who really need it. <laughs> and um, it is through that, you know, that d- deeper layer of, of spiritual awareness, of spiritual um, awakening that... Uh, the universe, God, whatever you choose to call it. I mean, um, I have a lot to say on that topic, but um, reveals itself to me. You know, how I get to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am loved, that I am adored, that I am meant to have a good life. Um, and and then it's not just like, I'm so fabulous, I've recovered from my self-loathing. Um, but, but that we're all so fabulous and we're just not supposed to feel that way. You know, that that's just not, that is, that's the dis-ease. That's, that's something we might have learned or we might have internalized as a result of trauma, whatever, but it's not natural, you know. It's like, it's like for the longest time, oh, I didn't know it wasn't natural to eat, you know, massive amounts of food when you felt feelings, you know. I just didn't know because um, that was all I knew. And, um, and so, um, so I got abstinent, and um, 
And and I guess what I want to say on that, is especially, I guess, you know, especially for people trying to get abstinent, is that for me, I had to keep it really simple at first. And, you know, for some people, keeping it simple is weighing and measuring and taking out foods and, and all that. Um, but for me, to it was like I couldn't get a day, you know. And if you can't get a day, you can't get enough – my experience is you can't get enough self-esteem to get another day, you know. And so for me and what I learned from my my sponsor was, you know, if I could get one day of three meals with time and a little bit of life in between, then it would it would it would give me a little bit of space, a little bit of recovery to get another day and then another day. And then another day. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, um, there were no foods off limits during that time. Uh, and there's still no foods off limits. There are foods that I mostly choose not to eat um, because I've learned, I've, I've learned to be in my body. You know, I've learned to be in my body through meditation. I've, I've had outside help to be in my body because I realized some things, some trauma happened that made me really want to not be in my body. Um, so I have, I know what feels good in my body. I know what doesn't feel good in my body. And so some things don't feel so good, so I don't generally eat them. Um, but it's not, it's not charts and graphs. It's not rules. It's just, it's just my way of loving myself. You know, it's one, it's one of the ways I love myself today. And, um, and, you know, when I'm clear, I can be of more service. Um, but at that time, what, uh, what it, what was important was getting space between the meals, number one, because I couldn't, it was just one long, dingy day. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, you know, one day, all of a sudden, hmm, maybe broccoli, you know? <laughs> and, you know, maybe some other truly life-sustaining food, you know? And, and then, and the more, the deeper that I went spiritually, the more recovery I wanted, um, the more it, it evolved. It evolved, you know. I mean, oftentimes people, um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I am, I mean, in a smaller body today. And in a body, for the most part, 90% of the time, I feel comfortable, which is a miracle. I mean, a miracle that... I mean, gosh, when I think of just, you know, wow, just a miracle. I can't, I, I'm, I am a recovering compulsive eater, body obsessor, so I cannot say that I don't go a whole day without checking something out in the mirror, but, <laughs> but there was a time when no reflective surface was safe from me. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and it never, it never ever turned out anything good, you know, in my head, you know. So, um, you know, just the fact that I, you know, that I can get up and put on clothes, one, that I can put on clothes that fit last year is a miracle, but that I can put on clothes and not not be obsessed. I mean, you know, I mean, wow, I mean, that is a miracle. That's a, I, that's a miracle of willingness. That's a miracle of the steps. That's a miracle of showing up to meetings when I didn't want to. Um, that's a miracle of... Seeing when I needed outside help and getting it. Um, and by the way, that was after just step work after step work after step work. 
um, just like I was the best little stepper, and by God, I must be doing something wrong if I'm still miserable. Turns out there was things that needed attention, you know. Um, my experience was <laughs> couldn't step my way out of mental illness, you know, and um, and it's a different world, you know, having having things uh, that need to be treated treated. Um, so um, so it's been a real evolution, and and I have had bottoms in program abstinent, you know. And what I want to say too is when I say abstinent, you know, I do not stand up here. Uh, I've been in program about tw- 20 years, uh, I guess, I think in August. It's amazing. I feel kind of embarrassed. I haven't taken chips for a while. It's just, um, it's certainly not, certainly not for lack of gratitude. Um, it's probably because this program led me to so many others <laughs> that I've been busy um, <laughs> recovering in other areas. But um, it gave me a life to, to um, examine and then address those issues, which is another miracle. Um, but um, so, but in that, you know, it was probably you know a year and a half of uh, you know I had the treatment, which was you know abstinent. I use quotes, you know, finger quotes, because you know maybe food abstinence. Every day, every day, I'd be sitting in meetings and thinking, baked potato or sweet potato, you know, and how big. Well, they only, they say one. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, and I'd be off searching the city for the largest sweet potato in the world. And, um, so, and I found it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, um, let's see. So, uh, where was I? Um, so I, I had, you know, I had recovery, um, in, in the food sense, um, but, but it, I had bottoms in program, um, and and that and and that calls me more deeply to the spiritual solution, you know, um, and and the food the the bottoms were not so not food so much. Um, although I'll say nothing gets my attention like uh, you know like I I I can say I haven't. Binge. I've never had to go back to binging the way, you know. But nothing gets my attention like a big, big meal that I just have to have right now, <laughs> you know. And and really that. And nothing gets my attention like the compulsion uh, and the obsession, you know. Uh, you know, and my inclination with the disease and, and my ego immediately wants to, the solution is less food, the solution is more exercise, the solution has something to do with my body. But, um, you know, in those emotional bottoms, what I got to um, really was just another layer of surrender, another layer of the third step, more willingness around the 11th step, deeper understanding of certain character defects like lack of humility, resting on my laurels, uh, ingratitude, um, you know, yeah, I mean, not really appreciating how far I come. You know, I think it's the ego nature, um, which for me is synonymous with the disease, you know, to just, just constantly be on me. It's not enough. You're not enough. It's not enough. You need more. If you get more, you'll be enough. You know, it's just gone, going and going. 
and that that's why I need a spiritual experience and and, and daily uh you know and that's what just like just like eating daily just like eating mindfully just like you know daily daily <laughs> you know I don't you know as an addict a recovering person I don't do daily naturally I do quick fixes. I do miracle cures. <laughs> you know, I do, I do, I do Sunday night swear off. You know what I mean? And um, so the practice of things like daily, things like discipline, things like one foot in front of the other, slow and steady, rinse the race. I mean, that, that was so for other people. I mean, that was just, you know, and, and patience too, patience. I mean, patience were for, was for people who just couldn't get it done, you know, and, um, and, you know, all so clearly, I'm sure to you, a lack of humility, but, you know, it just takes what it takes for us to learn what we need to learn. And if we don't learn it, it'll come back, you know, um, that's, that's also been my experience. So um, what I want to reflect on, too, is because I'm actually seeing it in a, real, in a sponsee right now, and it's so reminiscent of my experience, is um, to talk just a little about as we understood him. The 12 steps uses the word God um, to describe, you know, a higher power. But I think sometimes, and this is, I was just want to stress, my, my experience, strength, and hope, and my opinion, um, some of the experiences that I had of a certain kind, a certain version, a certain story about God uh, stood in the way of my recovery because um, so much of what I I thought was was that was black and white thinking was. Um, if I'm very, 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 very good, God will give me an A, you know, which is the whatever, you know, the size, whatever on my pants, the the big, big lie, the, the, the thing, you know. And um, so, set, so being sort of set up with that punishment reward, God um, really stood in the way when life happened, you know, when just life happened. Um, and I had a lot of life happen for a long time. And, um, you know, it's like, Flat tire. I knew it. So, I'm, so God doesn't love me. So God doesn't love me. Or I've done something horribly wrong. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. You know. And so, I just want to really, and again, you know, I feel like I'm by no means, I'm a horrible, you know, I, I joke and say, you know, please, please meditate. Or do what I do and just obsessively think for 15 minutes every morning. <laughs> and someday, maybe it'll turn into meditation. Um, but, um, but truthfully, I have had moments, um, and I, you know, I bring myself to it, and I do, I do ask, you know, the all that is God, the universe. I, I personally think that um, God isn't give a crap, what we call it. I mean, if we call it Ralph and it gets pissed off, is it really a god? I mean, that would require it having an ego. I mean, I could go on on this topic. I really could. But um, so, but I, but I know there's something greater than myself. And so the thing is, you know, I, inspired by the steps, inspired by the big book, I went out. Mm, I went out and I read every book and I was looking for God. And then... You know, and I, I found sort of an externalized, loving, 
thing, God thing, <laughs> that works, you know, works, be- works better than my previous experience. But then when I started meditating, and again, I claim no sort of spiritual perfection whatsoever, but that I started to ask God about God. I, and then it was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so much easier. And now when I go to various spiritual texts or books, you know, written by, you know, spiritual people and stuff, it's more just a reminder. It's just sort of an affirmation of what the universe itself tells me if I get quiet enough, if I'm willing to devote myself to that 11th step, you know. And um, and I want to say, too, you know, 20 years in the rooms gets me today, you know. I'm, I do not, I have not yet, though I'm really trying, you know, I've not yet sprouted anger wings, um, but today, the difference is because of the gentleness of my program, because of the gentleness of my higher power, because of the gentleness that I choose to surround myself via sponsors and other people, it's information. When I have a slip, it's information. Honestly, sometimes, fellas, close your ears. If I look at the calendar, I'm like, oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why I wanted that so bad. You know, and it's just that time. And um and then and then other times it's just oh, you know what? I bailed on myself, you know. I bailed on myself and I'm mad. I'm angry and that makes me want to eat more food. And or you know, or, or any 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 of the various and sundry human emotions that are not fun. You know, and even, you know what, um, and again, I, I incur, you know, I've gotten so much, so much recovery around this. Also, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the room who's experienced it, eating over good things. Like, almost my body was so, you know, so, uh, magnetized to pain, so cooked in to pain and self-loathing, if something good came my way, it was almost like I just didn't, I couldn't handle it. There was no room for it. I had no experience of it. So it was almost like, you know, I'm just going to have to put all this food in front of it because I can't. You know, I just can't do it. And today, you know, one day at a time, I mean, this is this is actually one of the newest things for me, is really like, wow, what if, what if life could just be a lot easier? I mean, what if I let it, <laughs> you know? I mean, and as someone said actually in another program meeting, he said, you know, he had to address his addiction to the crisis, the addiction to the cycle, to the cycle of, you know, of, of being, of, of reaching goal weight and then going, well, well, I don't know what the heck to do with my time now, you know, and so... Well, I know how to diet and lose the weight. Why don't I gain the weight again? And of course, it's not conscious. Of course, it's not. But it's in us, you know. And um, that's my experience. And and so to really, it's you know, a spiritual practice to sit with the discomfort of being comfortable. I mean, I I much many times now, um, and walking down the street, and I literally, and I I I look forward to a time when I don't even think the thought. It is just so. But I've noticed recently, like, where I go, wow, in this moment, I'm totally at peace. I'm In this moment, I'm totally at peace, you know. 
you know, I'm still in the baby stage of, of spirituality where I have to identify it. You know, this is peace. But, um, but you know, but having so many contrasting experiences of non-peace and all that other stuff that we come in the rooms with, such a miracle. And to, to note it and then be with it is another miracle. You know, to, to not have to do something about it, like run off and eat something, you know, to celebrate the moment of peace, you know. Um, so anyway, I think that's all I have to say. And um, there's a few more minutes. If anybody has any questions, um, you know, I'll certainly, I'll certainly try to answer if, if anyone would like to ask any questions. You had a question, yes? Okay. Um, you talked a lot about meditation. I was wondering what your practice looks like. Like, what do you do daily? Okay. And I'll repeat the question since you're not at the microphone. Um, what do I do daily uh, meditation-wise? Well, you know, for a while I used a tape. Um, you know, there's so many meditators that teach it out there in different kinds. And then now I just um, I sit and I am quiet. I mean, it sounds so simple, right? But... You have no idea how much I can talk. <laughs> um, but um, really, I, you know, I sit and I, I am quiet. That's the, that's the sort of the, the thing I do. And then when thoughts come, I, I do my best to go, oh, there's a thought, and kind of just let it go by and kind of come back to my breath. I mean, some people count their breath, but I, I don't do that. Um, but I'm, 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 all, I'm always interested in kind of like, a different kind, you know. I mean, some people really devote themselves to one kind. I don't necessarily think any kind is right. I think um, I think trying is right, <laughs> and that you know, and that's where recovery comes from—willingness, you know, willingness and trying. And I remember years ago, a sponsor said, "I I'd like you to do a day of silence." I think I dropped her the next day. <laughs> no. I mean, I I so I so thought, oh. She so does not get me in my world. Um, and now, you know, I, I can spend a day, three days. I mean, I would go on a silent retreat, you know, and that's, that's a miracle. So I hope that answers the question. And scene. That's all we got. <laughs> um, thank you so much for letting me share.